Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Gary Zimak Show. I'm glad to be back with you here as we look at the readings, the Mass readings for the fifth Sunday of Lent. Today's message, get ready for a resurrection. As we continue to travel through Lent, we are we are we've reached the fifth Sunday of Lent. And I think what the church wants us to understand is where we're headed. We're not just headed during Lent to Good Friday and our Lord's suffering on Calvary, we are headed to Easter Sunday where that resurrection occurs, occurred and Jesus continues to live to this present time. He's alive. Isn't that great? So we're going to look at some readings which will really emphasize this idea of a resurrection. And one of the, one of the beautiful things for us as followers of Christ, as his disciples, is we have the ability to experience a resurrection, not just when we die and we we go on to live eternally in heaven, hopefully, but we get to experience a resurrection really in the present time, right now. Once we turn our lives over to Christ, once we let him work in us, and once we tap into that resurrection power that we're going to be talking about on today's show. So I invite you to settle in, grab a beverage, grab a snack, And we are going to look at the Mass readings for the fifth Sunday of Lent. Before we do, you know what we do each week. We turn to our Father in Heaven in prayer, and we recognize that He is present with us. He's with you, He's with me, and wherever you go, not just today, but for the rest of the week, the rest of your life, He is going to be present with you. So let's turn to our our wonderful Heavenly Father as we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for your presence with us. Father, we praise you. We honor you. We worship you. We recognize you as the God of the universe who also just happens to be our Father. Thank you, Father, for adopting us as your sons, as your daughters. And we ask you to continue to provide for whatever it is that we need, Sometimes we get our wants and our needs confused. You have promised, especially through the words of your son Jesus, that you would provide for everything that we need. Obviously, you've, you've done that because we are still alive and we are grateful, Father. 
So please provide for our needs and guide us as we continue to walk through the Lenten season as we head toward that resurrection. Please increase our hope. Please increase our desire to make the final changes necessary during Lent so that we can grow closer to you. Father, I ask you to send out your Spirit upon me today to give me the words, the message that you would like me to deliver on this program. And I invite you, I ask you, Father, to open up all of our hearts and all of our minds so that we can hear the message that you have and put it into practice. As we always do, Father, we ask for these things in the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, who is your Son and who is our Lord, and who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you so much for praying um, to, to for praying with me to our Heavenly Father. I hope you're having a good Lent. I really do. And um, I know you may be, I've gotten a lot of emails from people who are reading Give Up, Worry for Lent. If you are doing that, if you're going through the book, it's so great to be able to walk with you. You know, each year I get these emails from people who are going through the Give Up, Worry for Lent book. And you may have heard me speak. I've been doing a lot of uh, Lenten Parish missions this year. I'm just about drawing to a close now. But it's been an honor. If I have met you, if we've encountered one another, it has been great having a conversation with you because it really lifts me up when I travel around the country and people say, well, I've read your book or I listened to your podcast or I've been to one of your talks before. I'm just trying my best to do what the Lord wants me to do. I want to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to as many people as I can because he has helped me so much when it comes to overcoming anxiety. The Lord's brought me such great peace, and I really I, I pray that I can continue sharing him with you and with anyone else that I can for many years to come. I told the Lord, you give me the work and my health stays good. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. So, you know, it's really up to him, and it's also up to you. I'm, I'm really grateful that you are listening to this program, and because without you, there really wouldn't be a show. So thank you for spending time with me each week. I want to remind you, too, you can find out more about me by going to my website, followingthetruth.com. You can sign up for my daily email reflection, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. You can find out about my Monday through Friday podcast. It's five minutes each day. And you can get that wherever you get this podcast, if you're listening to the podcast, or because some people listen uh, through the podcast, others listen over over the air, uh, courtesy of the many stations that carry the program, many radio stations that carry the program. But wherever you get your normal podcast, your typical podcast, your whatever service you use, you should be able to find Following the Truth with Gary Zimek. That's my uh, Monday through Friday show. So um, that's the deal there. In a few weeks, I'm going to make you aware of a new book that I have coming out. Right now, I want to keep the focus on Lent, but I'm going to be sharing that news with you about a new book that will be coming out. I believe it's in early May, so I'm excited about that, and uh, I can't wait to share that news with you. Right now, though, I'm going to take a sip of my water, and I'm going to get ready to start talking about these mass readings. And by the way, I'll mention this at the end again of the program, but if you, if there's anything I can ever do for you, if you have any questions, any comments, 
If you want to let me know where you listen to the show from, um, Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. Gary at followingthetruth.com. I'd love to hear from you. So don't be a stranger. Let me know. All right, let's look at these readings. Now, the gospel, it's a long one today. This is basically the entire 11th chapter of John's gospel. But this is such a good story. There's so much going on here. And you're going to see this resurrection theme start to develop. And the hope is... I'm sure this is the thinking of the church. The hope is that you start to get excited because, you know, this is the fifth week of Lent. Lent can start to get old. We can start to get beaten down. We can lose our momentum. It happens. The church wants to get us excited. So there's nothing like a good old resurrection story to make that happen. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 45. Now a man was ill, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfumed oil and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was ill. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. I just want to pause here and, and, and look at what Jesus just said here. Note that when he was informed about Lazarus, he said this illness is not to end in death, but it's for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. He didn't say that Lazarus wouldn't die. He said that the illness would not end in death. And that's an important point to consider. There's something that's going to happen beyond the death, the earthly death death of Lazarus, which will give glory to God. This is an example of how God can bring good out of even situations such as death. And that's what we're going to see here. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, you know, this Jesus loves all of us. There's no doubt about that. But when when we read this story, when when John writes this story, he wants us to know that there is a special relationship with the human Jesus, the Jesus who walked the face of the earth. He had some close friends, people that he saw more than others. We all have that situation. There are people in our lives that are we would consider close friends. This is the situation with Jesus, Martha, and Lazarus. And I, and I think that's important because we're going to hear some comments from Martha and from Mary, and those comments are going to imply or give us an idea that they knew each other. Jesus, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, they were all friends, so they were somewhat familiar with one another. Just a little background info as, as we go into to reading this. Um. So when Jesus heard that Lazarus was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. It's very odd, isn't it? There's an emergency situation. Lazarus is sick. Jesus can heal him, but he takes his time. And it's interesting because it's almost as if he's waiting until it's too late. But as you're going to see with Jesus, it's never too late. Because he wants to make a point. He wants to give the people 
more than what they're asking for. They're asking for a healing. Jesus plans to give them something even bigger. All right, then after this, after the two days, he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you, and you want to go back there? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If one walks during the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. He said this and then told them, Our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I am going to awaken him. So the disciples said to him, Master, if he is asleep, he will be saved. But Jesus was talking about his death. While they thought he meant ordinary sleep. You see the little inside information that John's giving us about the disciples not understanding what Jesus is saying. He's talking about death, referring to death as sleep. You know why? Because to Jesus, death is just a, just a nothing more than sleep because he plans to raise Lazarus from the dead. So then Jesus said to them clearly, Lazarus has died. And I am glad for you that I was not there, that you may believe. Let us go to him. So Thomas, called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go to die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Isn't that interesting? Martha, in a very human way, says, and she has that kind of a relationship with Jesus. Remember, she's the one who said, tell my sister to help me. Right? Don't you care that she's not helping me? Martha was very comfortable with Jesus. But she is, obviously, this is some little, you know, little deep theologically because she's, she's understanding. There's some evidence here that she understands the power of Jesus because she said, even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. In other words, you can raise him from the dead. Jesus said, your brother will rise. And Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. See, now she's, it's interesting. She's giving him, him a bit of a theology lesson here. But Jesus is talking about an imminent rise, not just rising in the, in the, uh, in the end times. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life, bringing it to the present. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who was coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary secretly, saying, the teacher is here and is asking for you. As soon as Mary heard this, she rose quickly and went to him. For Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still where Martha had met him. 
So when the Jews who were with her in the house, comforting her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out, they followed her, presuming that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. I want to stop here and just make the point that it's not as if Jesus didn't know that he was about to raise Lazarus. So the, the, the obvious question arises, why was he weeping? And by looking at this, it appears that Jesus is weeping because the people are weeping. In other words, he feels their pain and he's crying along with them. That should make you and I feel really good knowing that Jesus cares when we cry, even if he knows he's about to fix the problem. He feels our pain. And I, I think that's a great thing to come, a very comforting thought for us. Some of them said, could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Yeah, I bet. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So what we see here is Jesus expressing something that he and his father know. Father, I know that you always hear me. He doesn't have to say that because his father knows that. And Jesus knows it. But he wants the people and us to hear the confidence that Jesus has in his father hearing his cries for help. He's setting an example for you and me. If the father hears Jesus, the father will hear us when we pray in the name of Jesus. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. Now this is obviously a very long story, so many great details, and I have limited time. But I just, I just want to emphasize a couple of things, mainly the ability of Jesus to raise any of us from the dead. So our belief as Catholic Christians is that we will, when we die in this life, we will be raised from the dead, not, not our bodies, but our souls, and we will be able to live with the Lord forever ever in heaven. Hopefully, but you know, there's always that possibility if we reject him that we could go the other way and end up in hell. I'm not going to kid you, it is possible. But if you're trying your best and you're cooperating with the grace that the Lord gives you, then you are going to end up in heaven. And that's a great thing. That's where the hope comes in. 
But we can also apply this to the resurrection joy that we can feel right now when we turn our lives over to Christ and say, Lord, help me. You know, I speak a lot about overcoming anxiety. We can be resurrected from our worries and from the burdens of fear, the burden of fear that we feel by turning to Jesus and asking for help. So this is a great reading. and It's one that you should probably read over a few times. Just ask the Holy Spirit to point you in the direction or give you the message that he wants you to receive because there are so many messages. One of my favorite messages here, I, I mentioned at the start, in that the people were looking for Lazarus to be healed. Jesus had something better in mind. He gave them a resurrection from the dead. It doesn't get any better than that. And that's what he wanted to show the people. And what happened? Many of the people believed in him. Of course they would. And, and I think you and I, we might say, well, I never went to a funeral and saw a corpse get up out of the casket. But we, and that might be true, but we have this story. And that's why this is recorded in the Bible, so that we can read this story and say, yes, Jesus did raise somebody from the dead. Therefore, he can help me with whatever it is that I'm facing. And even if it seems like he's taking his time and he's going to be late, he's never late. He's never early. He's always right on time because he knows exactly what he is doing and he's all powerful. Let's look at this first reading and continue this resurrection theme. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 12 through 14. Thus says the Lord God, O my people, I will open your graves and have you rise from them and bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and have you rise from them, O my people. I will put my spirit in you that you may live and I will settle you upon your land Thus you shall know that I am the Lord. I have promised, and I will do it, says the Lord. You know, we see this this message here. I'll open your graves and have you rise from them. Certainly at the Lord's second coming, our church teaches that our bodies are going to rise. We don't know how it's going to happen. They're going to rise. They'll be united with our souls. Our body and soul will be united. Prior to that second coming of Christ, our soul will be with him, hopefully, in heaven, but our body, our physical earthly body, will one day be reunited. I mean, it's just an amazing story. It's an amazing concept, but that's what we believe. But, you know, so we have this ability to not only accept that at the end of time our bodies will rise, not just that when we die, our souls will be able to go to heaven, But we can have that resurrection here and now if we turn to the Lord and really just work for the remainder of Lent on those things that keep us away from Him and try to get closer to Him. And we can be a new creation. Not to mention the fact that when we were baptized, we already got a glimpse or a foreshadowing of that resurrection because we received the Holy Spirit when we were baptized. And in that first reading, Ezekiel writes, I will put my spirit in you that you may live. So when we're baptized, we first receive the Holy Spirit and we are given the gift of eternal life. We are able from that point on to be able to live with the Lord in heaven. I mean, that's an incredible gift. We get that grace when we are baptized, that sanctifying grace that enables us 
to live beyond our earthly death. You know, a lot of people overlook the importance of baptism. I could easily do a whole show on baptism. It is an incredible sacrament. And there are so many graces that flow from baptism. A responsorial psalm, with the Lord there is mercy and fullness of redemption. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my voice and supplication. Let your ears be attentive. attentive. Isn't that interesting? This is, remember what Jesus said, Father, I know you hear me. Same thing there. We're calling out to the Lord in these words. We can make these our own. Um, where was it? Let your ears be attentive to my voice in supplication. And they will. He will hear us. If you, O Lord, mark iniquities, Lord, who can stand? But with you is forgiveness that you may be revered. I trust in the Lord. My soul trusts in his word. In other words, he's not going to be late. He will show up on time. More than sentinels wait for the dawn. Let Israel wait for the Lord. For with the Lord is kindness, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all their iniquities. That redemption, that redeeming Israel, that redeeming us, what he did on the cross, that's that's a new life. That is the opening of the gates of heaven. That's making it possible for us to live eternally with the Lord in heaven. That's that resurrection. When we were born in the state of original sin, we did not have that ability. But just like Lazarus, Jesus, through his efforts on Calvary, have enabled us to live again. Let's look at the second reading, Romans chapter 8, verses 8 through 11. These are good readings today, aren't they? They should get you excited. I know we're in Lent, and I know it can start to get old, and you're tired. But hang in there, because we'll continue. let's continue to work and unite ourselves with the suffering of Jesus and continue to pure, let him purify us. So that, man, when we're on Easter, when we come to Easter Sunday, in a couple of weeks, we're going to really be celebrating Romans 8, verses 8 through 11, brothers and sisters, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh. On the contrary, you are in the Spirit. If only the Spirit of God dwells in you, and the Spirit of God does dwell in us, as we talked about. When we're baptized, we first receive the Holy Spirit. Whoever does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, and he is, Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is alive because of righteousness. If the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit dwelling in you. So you and I, with the Holy Spirit in us, are going to be able to experience what Lazarus experienced. Even though we die, we're going to live. And I know that is a tough concept to wrap our brains around. We're never going to fully understand it. And that's what faith is for. Faith enables us to say, I don't get it, but I believe it. So I'm going to encourage you to get excited today. You will rise from the dead. And the minute you start to turn to Jesus and let him take control of your life, you're going to already begin to experience that resurrection power. Hey, thanks for listening to the program today. I'm all fired up. I got to go calm. I got to calm down. This was a really uh, great set of readings today. I thank you for listening. If you if you would be able to, to make a donation to my ministry, I would really appreciate it. That would help me keep going full time. 
sharing the good news, you could do that by visiting followingthetruth.com and either signing up to be a monthly sponsor or making a one-time donation. That's followingthetruth.com. You click on Donate, and you will be all set. Don't forget questions, comments, Gary at followingthetruth.com. Visit followingthetruth.com for more information about my work, my ministry, my books, my daily email reflection, and my Monday through Friday podcast as well. I thank you for listening. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. And I'm looking forward to, God willing, being back with you next week right here on The Gary Zimak Show. Have a fantastic week. God bless you.